The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Yes, sir. We are back for another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Hello, you know me, know the voice, know the guy. It's me, really real, villain, real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And it is a Friday in the association. So, you know, my guy Scott Studio Rice Show. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Looking forward to going through the Friday card. It was nice to have NBA action for the first time in about a week or so. Uh, some of the games were very competitive, uh, mostly thinking of that Celtics-Pacers uh, game or whatever happened in that one. But still, I thought it was an overall fun card, a lot of interesting games, uh, especially for the uh, nationally televised game of the Sixers and Grizzlies. I'm sure we'll talk about the game separately, but the game was very competitive. It was very fun. you have any takeaways from yesterday? Because I thought overall it was a pretty nice mix of competitive games and some blowouts here and there. Yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty nice mix of – didn't get my lock. I missed it on the closing line value at Toronto minus six. Uh, opened up at Toronto minus three. Ended up winning by five. So closing line value gets you at sometimes. Pistons were there, man. Oh, my gosh. The Pistons were right there. But uh, Pistons plus seven and a half cashes. So that's a, it, we got one win in there. But overall, it was just a really good day. It's just, you know, it's really hard to bet these slates. And I try to do a really low rhythm of betting uh, early on. Especially yeah, me, when you're talking about after All-Star, like really, really low rhythm. I was going to say my main handicap for yesterday's action was liking a lot of unders. I just figured that you'd see players with a little bit of rust after not playing for about a week or so. I thought you'd see some uglier games. And it's really tough to account for because some game, some teams, you know, just wake up offensively and show up. The Celtics and Pacers had a track meet anyway. Most teams, though, did seem to really struggle out of the gates, and that part wasn't exactly the most surprising thing for me and it is actually mentioned in the comment section by Kobe that the unders went uh seven out of nine uh so the unders did well yesterday uh but you're looking at even one of the games that ended up going either over or under depending on where you got it you had the thunder and jazz game which ended up landing 239 with overtime in there you had 27 points in overtime which might have sent it over but the point is you did see a lot of teams out of rhythm you saw a lot of ugly basketball early on. Some teams just woke up in the end. We saw Sacramento getting beaten down pretty heavily in the first five, ten minutes against Portland. And then the Kings realized we're playing Portland with no Simons and no Lillard, and they woke up and they won by 17. So maybe it was an impact for that first day. I'm not sure if it's going to be an impact for most teams, but just keep an eye on it, mostly involving games with teams that did not play yesterday. So keep an eye on that Hornets game, the Nets game, just teams that haven't played yet. Maybe you lean more towards unders, but I'm not going to be taking overs. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, if he's, I'm. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. Say, okay. You know, change of locations. Slight change of locations. All right. Let's see here. We are back. All right, Scott. Other than the unders, I think the only thing that I felt like was guaranteed. Well, of course, I thought I was guaranteed on the birthday games. But Lori Marketing, man, thinking that he wasn't going to have a great game. You said well, what? You want, I was going to say most improved. Oh, oh yeah. No, I don't know if he's most improved. I don't know we're going that far. He's, he's fighting was, for it. You know, yeah, yeah, he is. Last night. Yeah, he is. But uh, when we talk about um, the ladder and – Laurie Market, 43 points. Like, it it was there. It was writing on the wall. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, he was in Utah the entire time playing basketball. So, uh, and I feel, and they had a pretty decent crowd in OKC and got a win. I told you, when that line is a pick, just go ahead and just give it the Jazz way. I, every time I see it at a pick, the Jazz have come out and got the win. Uh, I watched the entire overtime. A story was really just OKC not being able to get a single rebound. Uh, which was really what came back to bite him in the end. They also fouled Markin on a three-pointer late. Wasn't sure if I agree with the foul call, but they called it. Uh, game was very competitive. It was definitely a very intense battle there. Shout out to Walker Kessel, who had a great game. But yeah, main takeaway was that it was two teams that really just laid it on the line, as cliche as that sounds, and Utah was better because they got every rebound down the stretch. So... Because you're talking about rebounding in Utah, so you make me think of Walker Kessler. And that also brings up the question. Paolo Bencaro, is there a way he can actually lose Rookie of the Year? Uh, realistically, no. I, the thing is, if he's going to lose it, you need someone to beat him. And I don't know who's going to beat him right now. Is it Matherin who's second, technically? I mean, his odds are minus 1,000. He's not going to lose the award. I'm, I'm just saying, who would be the runner-up right now, Matherin? I mean, at one point I thought it was Matherin, but then he fell off like That's before my point. the All-Star break. And it's like it's a bunch of people. Uh, it just feels like he's kind of just waltzing into Rookie of the Year. But prop-wise, you're getting burned if you're backing him. That is true, but I'm just I'm I'm just throwing it out there that I don't really see another rookie who would be in a line to steal it. Even if Boncaro gets hurt, I'm not even sure who would steal it because you said Matherin's been struggling a bit lately. You're not. Oh well, wrong. if he gets hurt, he if he gets hurt. He definitely doesn't get it, right? It's like twenty games. I, I, I don't know if he definitely doesn't get it. That's my point. He's so far ahead. I'm not even sure if there would be another guy to pass him. That that's my point. I think I think that uh, Boncaro is that far ahead that I'm not sure if it even matters to be honest, but. I, I don't really see anybody else who is worthy of winning the award. I think Matherin's runner-up, but once again, it's a pretty limited field. I think it would probably just be Boncaro and nobody else. I think if Boncaro does miss, let's say, half of the games remaining, I think he still wins the award, uh -huh. in my opinion. But why, do you want to make a case for somebody? No, I didn't want to make a case. I think it's, I was just wondering at what point does it become a discussion? Like, at what point in these next 20 games, if he continues to underachieve and anybody else, like anybody else that's up there in that ladder, I don't even know the odds, but anybody else that's up there in that ladder, you know, 
does somebody catch him and make it close? Like, is there a reason that you should sprinkle on the second or third guy just in case he kind of just sleepwalks the rest of the season? I personally don't think so. I think that you also have to worry about media attention, which we've talked about for other awards, but it does seem like this award usually goes to a top five pick, not just because obviously of the fact that it's the more talented players being drafted first most of the time, but it's because the media also wants people to focus more on those extreme top picks. So I think it's Boncaro's. That's why we didn't talk about it during the midseason award special or future update. I just think Boncaro is going to win the award. I don't think it's really that complicated, in my opinion. I'd rather yeah. bet on some long shots elsewhere. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. I'm just, just question asking. Let's go ahead and get to the slate because we have a large slate and uh, don't want to be out here holding people up for two hours again. So, well, I do want to ask you one thing, though. Sorry, because I feel like we do have to talk about it from yesterday's action. Uh, which loss are you more concerned with from yesterday? Cleveland's loss on the road to Denver or Memphis's loss to Cleveland's Seven? loss at home to Denver? Yeah. At or, home. Or Me- yeah, I thought that's what I said. No, you said on the road. Sorry. So Cleveland's loss at home to Denver or Memphis's choke job on the road against the Sixers? Uh, I'm not really concerned about either. Okay. I, I, yeah, I don't really concerned about either. I would be concerned that those are bad teams, but those are two good teams. Like, so I'm. It's not really anything for me. It just wasn't their night. For that's what I'm on. I'm really annoyed that Memphis didn't go out there and get the win or the cover at that point. They were set. They were set up for it, but uh, it's nothing that I'm over evaluating right now. The day after the All Star break, like maybe if this was. April, I would probably, you know, overvaluate a little bit more. But the day after All-Star, when every, there's rust on everybody. Yeah, you got out to a lead, but you didn't maintain it. You lost your legs. Uh, I'm not really concerned right now. I'm just kind of just taking in the games for this next week. And then we can start talking about what what teams really, really are. Yeah, the main reason why I'm asking is because the flaws that we saw from the Cavs and the Grizzlies in the first half of the season have kind of carried over in a, the limited one-game sample size post-All-Star break. Because Cleveland, we've roasted for not being able to beat good teams. And Memphis has really been horrible in the half-court offensive setting. And we saw both issues on full display last night. So I, that's why I'm a bit concerned for both those teams. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up just to briefly cover the main two takeaways that I had from yesterday's games. It was just the Cleveland and Memphis uh, struggles down the stretch. Oh, yeah, no. I think Memphis really gets more of a pass because we've already accepted the fact that Stephen Adams had a bit a large, a much larger contribution to that team than anybody knew, and that's the reason that they went on that terrible stretch going into the All Star break. And I ultimately think that you know they turned it around, and like that first half was really, really good. So now it's building upon that. Like teams are never going to always have it all figured out in this moment in the season, but they're always going to figure it out. So. I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm interested to see what they do the rest of the season, but I'm not really concerned this moment, and definitely to see them again with Steven Adams coming back. Cause granted, everybody's talking about it. the chat is going crazy on them. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, this Memphis team, how bad they are, how they're not for real. They went on this terrible stretch, and they're still second in the West by a margin. So, mm-hmm. I, I think that Steven Adams coming back, you'll probably see that. 
Memphis team from beginning of the season a lot more than the Memphis team now. Yeah, I'm just pointing out that the offense has still really been awful in the half court, and that's going to be a serious problem come playoff time. But either way, it's still a long way to go in the season, you know, but I just thought it was worth bringing mm-hmm. up. No, and it's it's going to be a – I think that aspect of it is a lot better with the fact of they're going to get shooters back because Luke Kennard didn't play, and now they have Luke Kennard on the team. So Conchar working his way back from that injury he had, and then Desmond Payne had a good night last night. I feel like mm-hmm. it's been a while since we saw a good Desmond Payne game. So. He was good. Ja wasn't that great. Jaron Jackson offensively wasn't that great. But he had a couple of big offensive rebounds down the stretch. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just bringing it up because I thought the half-court offense down the stretch was a big reason why the team fell apart in the second half. That last possession was a joke. It was very bad. Yeah. Now, yeah, that last possession was a joke. There's no defending that. All right, let's go ahead and get into the sleep. New York Knicks are on the road to go play the Washington Wizards. Knicks are laying two. 225 is the total. Looking here at an injury report for the New York Knicks, and you have Mitchell Robinson, who was questionable with a thumb injury. Evan Fournier is out. And for the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal's questionable and Will Barton waived, not no longer on the team. Scott, should Will Barton be picked up by another NBA team? NBA team? Probably not, unless he was going to take a minimum. But the thing is, Will Barton, I recognize that he has talent. The issue is, I think that he thinks he's better than he is. And that's why he's not willing to take a serious role player role when he wants to take all the shots when he's on the court. That's why I'm not a fan of his game. He's still talented. I'm not going to tell you that he belongs out of the league, but I'm not surprised it didn't work out when you're on the same team as Kuzma and Beal and Porzingis and they all want to shoot the ball and they're all better than you. I'm not surprised that Barton would try to force things whenever he was on the court because he was, at best-case scenario, a fourth option. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm not surprised it didn't work out. But does he belong on an NBA team? I'm not telling you that he's a bad player in terms of talent. I just don't like his style of play. That's no, no I, I'm, I, I was waiting for you to say something a lot funnier about Will Barton. I'm not going to lie. That's all the reason I brought it up. I'm going I'm to let <laughs> you down. I'm just saying, like, I don't he's, think that he's – Scott you know, is very, very anti, anti-Will Barton on this podcast, yeah. if you did not know. Well, I mean, if you watched the Denver playoff series last year against Golden State, you'd probably know why I'm anti-Will Barton. But, you know, I'm sure it'll end up somewhere. There's a lot of questionable role players around the league in terms of just how good they are if you think they should even be in the league in the first place. I think Barton's better than those guys, but not by much. (laughs) Knicks actually opened up as a a two-and-a-half-point dog. They're now favored by two. What are you doing in this one? For this one, I think I'm going to take the Wizards. It's really a tough spot because the Knicks have been, of course, very good lately, but you have to wonder about the All-Star break and if it's going to kill the rhythm. Both teams have been good, though. Uh, The Wizards did win the last meeting by 11, but I like how they've played. I like the comeback that they had against the Timberwolves before the All-Star break. Kuzma's healthy again. Porzingis is actually healthy. Beal's been good. He's been very, very – he's been more selective with his shots, so his averages have gone down, but the efficiency has gone up but he has kind of started to put up some big scoring numbers lately. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it'll be a very close game, but I'm going to lean to the Wizards in this one. Oh, man. But we we talk about the Knicks. The Wizards were hot going into the All-Star break. Yeah, both teams were. That's why it's kind of tricky. And I think that's why – 
I have another play in this game, not necessarily on the side, but uh, I'm going to lean. The Knicks still been really, really solid defensively. Last five games, 108 points per game. That's good for seventh in the NBA. And defending, they're defending the three at 30.7%, fourth in the NBA. Wizards got shot making was phenomenal phenomenal going into the all-star break where one they had pretty good matchups defensively with other teams but they also like you got to go out there and make the shots and they were going out there making the shots they had a lot a lot of confidence and i was talking to everybody on the podcast about this yesterday and i was saying i kind of want to fade these teams with them a boatload of confidence coming out of all-star break because like you said that throws off the rhythm a little bit so both of these teams are rotten high. I just think the Wizards are a little bit higher. The Knicks have been doing this longer for the portion of the season. So I think I'm actually going to take the Knicks, laying two on the road. But my real, real play is on the total. Does this not scream an under game? Well, from what we've seen in the first two regular season meetings, they landed below 222. So the fact that it's 224 and a half does seem a little bit high. I am going to lean to the under as well. I don't feel great about it. But for me, this game does feel like a bit of a coin flip based on how well they've played lately. And with the Wizards being healthy again, I'll take the plus money in a coin flip game. So I'll go with the Wizards. Yeah, no. I, and uh, we got some people in the chat that's on the over, but... The over yeah, makes sense know. based on recent form. Yeah, we, recent we just, form, but it's... I'm fading them coming out of All-Star. I think they lost that rhythm. I think they lost that rhythm. Like Jericho Sims was in <laughs> at the beach. Like, that's just one player, but I, I get it. And I'm not saying that he's going to do, like, he's like a 20-point per game scorer, but that's just showing that these players be going out and on vacation during the All-Star break. They be taking a rest. They be spending time with their family because they played 60-something games already. So, yeah. I – I just really don't think the offenses are going to be in rhythm and sync. And they were really, really hot going into the break. And they're going to cool off a little bit. Both of these teams, top 10 in points per game in the last five games, which is crazy with how much they've been scoring. And they're still top 10 in points per game. Well, Wizards are 13th at, at 111, but that's still pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's my best play in this game. I like the over, the under, I'm sorry, the under 224.5. I'll link to the under anyway because the first two games have gone under this number, and now you have the all-star layoff and stuff like that. So I'm with you on the under, but I am going to lean to the Wizards. I don't feel great once again about the side, but it, it's a coin flip game. I'll take the plus money. All right. Props, props, props. Anything catching your fancy? Uh, for this one, it's a bit tricky because from what I've seen so far, uh, I know that the Wizards just can't guard Brunson. I know Brunson's done pretty well against this team in particular. So I'm looking for him potentially to go over. He had 34 points last game. Kuzma with a 40-piece last time these teams played. So, so question. Because I feel like anytime anybody has done what Jalen Brunson has done, we have seen their prop go up over the course of the season. Yeah, it's at 26 and a half at this point. I think that maybe the highest it's gotten is 28 and a half, but it's firmly standing at this 26 and a half. I, do, I don't do you think it. it shouldn't be this high because I, I can't know, I think it should be higher. It. Why is it not higher? Why are they why do they continuously not move his prop up? Like, do we just keep cashing his props for the rest of the year? I mean, I'm going to keep taking it. He's he, definitely he scores 26 in the first half. Like, yeah. uh, 
Uh, yeah, I can't not tell you to take Jalen Brunson over 26 and a half points. I know Porzingis historically has done pretty well against the Knicks, but uh-huh. I'm I'm not sure if I really want to take him in this one, uh, just because once again he doesn't really use his size that much. He's more just a shooter. I think his threes is the yeah is the play. If you want to take Porzingis, take the threes, which just because Mitchell Robinson expected to be back for this game, and so you'll uh, potentially get him. Jericho Sims, maybe even some Hartstein, a lot of big bodies inside the paint. So he's probably going to try to pull a couple of those guys out to the perimeter just to open it up for somebody else. And it might end up in him taking uh, some attempts. Yeah, one prop I do like is Gafford under. Historically uh-huh. speaking, Gafford's been horrible against the Knicks in terms of points. And you're looking at his, re- his recent games, besides the foul trouble that he always gets himself into, he's really not been good offensively for the last couple of games. Uh, just to pull up the numbers really quickly, I had it last night, but I'm just pulling it up quickly. Uh, so looking at Gafford's last couple of games, he has scored uh, six, two, and nine. He's played less than 20 minutes in each of the last two games. So his minutes have actually taken a dip recently. And against the Knicks, I think he's gone under in four straight. So I'm going to go with the under nine and a half points for Gafford, just based on the fact that Robinson's back for rim protection. He's always going to be in foul trouble, Gafford, is one of the main problems in his game. But uh-huh. I just think with... Kuzma and Beal and Porzingis and all those guys taking shots. Gafford is not going to take many shots in this game. So I'm going to go with the uh, under nine and a half as my prop there for Gafford. Uh, I think my last prop that I want to give out is. Because if you're because I like that thought of Gafford unders. Are you going with like quickly threes or something? No, I'm. I think I want Kuzma's over six and a half rebounds. Okay. And just thinking that they they clear out the paint, like they're not going to let the bigs of New York sit in the paint. So you know, Gafford, uh, who else? Porzingis, those guys kind of step more out a little bit more to the perimeter. Kyle Kuzma loves working in the post. He loves being down there. He feels he feels comfortable defending down there as well. So I like his opportunity for rebounds in this one. I think Kuzma over six and a half rebounds is a good look and a little bit less of a line than he normally gets. He's normally at like seven and a half. By the way, I got a question. Were you able to tell while I was uh, doing the first piece of this show that I was sweating out a live bet while we were doing it or no? No, I wasn't. What were you sweating? Uh, for the tennis uh, podcast, I had a tennis match, and my guy just won. Why is there breaker. a tennis match playing right now that's over? That means they were playing at like 8, 7 or something. Yeah, because they're playing in Europe. Oh, okay. So you got the, you got the five or six-hour difference. But thank you, Herkaz. I appreciate it. Let's go. Onward and upward. But and hey, I, I, Yeah, so that, that was a big way to start the morning. But anyway, um, I see Mitch mentioning Randall rebounds. I don't mind that either. But with Robinson potentially being back, keep an eye on it. Because we know that Hartenstein isn't exactly a physical guy. Sims is in foul trouble all the time. I'm not saying Randall's not going to get the rebounds anyway. But Uh Robinson being back does kind of limit the upside, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, So I'm I'm curious to – I think – because I wanted to get there on Julius Randle, but I want to see it. Like, I want to see it when the lineup is put back together because Mitchell Robinson's been in and out of the lineup all season. And so I really, really want to see it when the lineup's put back together if he still gets that high number. Yeah, but I just keep that in mind. With Robinson potentially being back, that is another variable you have to worry about. 
All right, before we get to the next game, got to talk to you about the official online sportsbook of Sports Gaming Podcast Network, and that is WinBet, active in a bunch of states, including live betting and same-game parlays. Great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now. Sign up today, receive special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, and you'll get $1,000 free credits. So head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Also, such a change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Continue to add items every day to the store. Head over to store dot sports gambling podcast.com and get your favorite shirt hat sweater hoodie whatever it is i'm a fan of ask me about my third leg of my parlay shorts so just go to the store check it out get whatever you like that is store dot sports gambling podcast.com all right let's keep moving for the rest of the slate Next game up, we have who do we want to do next? The Miami Heat traveling to Milwaukee to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are laying one and a half, 219 and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams. And for the Miami Heat, we have Tyler Hero is going to be playing. Kevin Love is going to be playing. He just got signed. Victor Oladipo is not on the injury report. Expect him to play. And then, you know, the long-term injuries, Kyle Lowry, uh, Yurtsevin, Nikola Jokovic is out, all out. And for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is doubtful. You, I think we already understand the fact that Giannis is not playing in this game. Chris Milton is not on the injury report. Bobby Portis is not on the injury report. Pat Connaughton is doubtful. Jay Crowder is not on the injury report. Expect him to make his Bucks debut today. All right. A lot of continuity changes for that Milwaukee lineup. A little bit for the Miami Heat as well, but a lot of continuity changes for that Milwaukee Bucks lineup coming out of the All-Star break. Scott, what are you doing? Bucks laying one and a half at home. I think I'm going to take Milwaukee anyway. Uh, this team is just very good at home. Simply put, they're 24 and 5 straight up. And with the spread being one, I'm just going to mention the straight-up numbers. Miami is not great on the road. I know you were the one who taught me that about Miami being bad on the road. That was about a year or two ago. And they're yeah, 13 especially laying points. They're they're better as road dogs. Like they're road dogs, yeah. you can feel comfortable. But when they're laying points, absolutely not. Yeah, but for me, I've I've seen Miami play. They they have been better lately, so I'll give them props there. But the issue is against Milwaukee in particular. They've been good at home this season, but I feel like Milwaukee kind of owns them after that bubble playoff series. Miami offensively <laughs> struggles a bit too much in the half court for me. And you're looking at Milwaukee, even though Giannis being out still obviously a big deal. He has missed some time the last couple of years, and the Bucs have actually fared decently without him in years past. So I'm going to go with the Bucs here. I still like them on the glass. I like the rim protection with uh, Lopez and with Portis coming back. You know we're going to be on Portis rebounds. I mean, obviously, we're going to like Portis rebounds. For yeah, got to. But I'm going with Milwaukee. I'm not laying points with Miami and on the road. I think the no, value they're one and a half point dogs. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm not going to. It's basically a pick them. So I'm, I'm not going to pick Miami money line here. Give yeah. me Milwaukee at home. I think they find a way. It's going to be competitive. I think it'll be ugly, but I'll lean to Milwaukee. Yeah. 
Uh, only thing that kind of concerned me about, and I think this is where the public is kind of thinking of this, because I was uh, looking at it. So the two, they played three games this season. The first two games were uh, back-to-back set in Miami. Giannis did not play in either one of those games, and Miami won both games, pushed the first game as six-point favorites, and then covered easily the second game. That third game is when Giannis did play back in Milwaukee, and they controlled it from start to finish. I think that... That's where the public is like, oh, Giannis isn't playing. Miami handled them two times about Giannis. They're going to do it again because you're looking at 70% of the best, 86% of money is on Miami today right now. I'm with you. I think even though all those changes for Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee just kind of finds a way to get it done. I, I just think they find a way. It's one of those games where I wish I could, give, I could tell you some X's and O's besides the rebounding edge. Because Miami's really not a good rebounding team, with the exception no. of, of course, Bam, who we know can vanish from the boards every now and then. Bowler's a good rebounder when he tries to, but he's also hit or miss with effort. You're, you know you know that Lopez is decent, but you know Portis is going to dominate the glass in this game. My favorite play is going to be Portis' rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, and so... This is what I was looking for. Boom. Line opened up at one. Now it's at minus one and a half for the Bucks. So they got they're catching a point and a, a point of movement in their favor. And all, the money, all that and money all that is on Miami. Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another that's another edge that I like. Like, why is the line moving towards the Bucks? There isn't even an out on Miami to sit there and move this line a point. Or uh, uh, in on the Bucks side, like because Bobby Portis is playing, you don't move the lineup a point, a half a point because Bobby Portis is playing. Oh, you didn't hear like, Jay Crowder's worth like three points on the off track. Oh, okay. All right. That's what it he's is. He's worth five so, second so. round picks. I mean, he's got to be worth something to the point spread, right? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's sharp money coming back in on the Bucks and really back in the Bucks here. So uh, I'm on Milwaukee. I like that. I, I invite Milwaukee already. The movement is telling me to bet Milwaukee. So, you know, as a good friend of mine says, one plus one equals two sometimes. All right. Total sitting at 219 and a half. What are you doing here? Oh, wait. Well, that's dropped because it opened up at 224 and a half. It dropped because of Giannis. I mean, that, that's solely a Giannis move. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the under anyway. The first two meetings with Giannis out of the lineup. Uh, they ended up going under. In fact, they didn't break 211. And I do think Milwaukee defensively can bring it. Miami's going to play slower in terms of pace. So I'm going to go with the under in this game. I do see a good point, though, made by T-Bills in the comments section. He was wondering about Bucks' first quarter. I'm not picking them to come from behind, so I don't mind it because the Bucks in the first quarter have been great this season. Are you scared off at all by that? Do you think that with the home crowd, they come out? Giannis, we can handle without him, and then they're just going to mm-hmm. open up a lead in the first quarter because I kind of see that narrative. Yeah, I think, and, you know, the fact that you're at home, more than likely you've been been at home for a couple of days now, and then you got Miami, who is uh, uh, traveling up to cold-ass Milwaukee. So, uh, yeah, I think that you could catch a little bit of jet lag into Miami Heat. I like that first quarter play. I know Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure when he got back, but I did see him at a tennis match in Argentina. So I know he was vacationing in South America. Are you I don't serious? Know- yeah, he was. I saw him uh, at courtside at a tennis match. So uh, oh, I'm wow. assuming he was having a fun time during the during the break. I'm not sure if he's going to be fully into this game. Just keep an eye on it. Once again, I'm not sure when he got back. 
but I did see him courtside in Argentina at a tennis match. So he was vacationing. I don't know if he was drinking a lot of coffee. Maybe he was drinking a lot of other drinks, but just keep an eye on him. <laughs> All right. Any, uh, I know we talked about Bobby Porter's rebounds. Any other props you like for this one? Uh, for me, I'm trying to think of what else I like. Is Bam has done very well against this team this season. So uh-huh. I know that Bam scares you off, and he's kind of on your list of guys you I, don't want to I pack, just, but it's, it's true. I think it's me. It's not even Bam. I think it's me, honestly. I really think it's me. When I tell people to bet Bam, he doesn't do anything. But when I continuously ignore the great things that Bam is doing, he continues to be great. So I'm just going to you know, help everybody else be a winner by not having comments on Bam Adebayo at all. I think I do have to mention Adebayo, though, just because his three games against Milwaukee this season, he's averaging 20 and 12. Yeah, so no, I gotta, you, I you mention him. I don't want to jinx him. You mention him. Yeah, so I'll bring that up. But either way, uh, I think that he's worth a look. You want to make a case for Tyler Hero? Maybe for threes? He, I, I want to I, I see him after the break for a little while. I feel like the last few times that I've been on Tyler Hero, I just haven't gotten it right. Like, even when the matchup was there, I just haven't gotten it right at all. And I, I'd rather see it and be a little late on Tyler Hero, you know, bouncing back to the guy we know he can be. I was just wondering, because looking at his games against Milwaukee, he had 24 points last meeting. Uh, he's done well against Milwaukee in the past couple of years, but even the last couple of games, 23, 31, 15, 24, 25. So he has been very solid at shooting. The threes are interesting because even though he's been a little bit hot and cold, he has attempted 10 three-pointers in three of the last five games. Wait, so there's a lot of volume to be had. Oh, okay. Just All mentioning right. for volume purposes, he has attempted a lot of three-pointers recently. Let me see here. Let me look at one thing before we move on. Uh, oh, no. What's uh, what's Brooke Lopez's points prop at? Uh, Brooke Lopez's points. Let me just pull that up. Because he was, he was on a massive heater against Chicago last time out. Yeah, and he's, like, pretty solid when Giannis is not in the lineup as well. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just pulling it up. So, four points for Brooke. I see 13 and a half. Okay. I think that's solid. I'll just run off, you know, a list of Brooke Lopez's games about Giannis. 10, 19, 19, 13, 6, 8, 18, 14, 19, 24, 25. I mean, solid so, numbers. Yeah, yeah, really solid numbers. He's He's been very, and I think, you know, it's just the fact that Somebody get the ball to definitely a big body down low. He can spread the floor a little bit more, shoot from the outside. Let's see what his threes were looking like in those games. Yeah, see, zero, three, 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 two, a couple ones, three, three. So he really opened up his outside shot in a lot of those games. He's got three, at least three in what's that, six of the last 10 without Giannis. So I think that, um, uh, why are you guys so sure that Giannis isn't playing? Well, he says doubtful. So it you says know, doubtful. Listen to him, but even, even just based on principle, he got injured two separate times the week of All Star Weekend, and then he played twenty seconds in the All Star game. Like he's yeah. clearly not. He's clearly and not then going. Flew, and then right after the All Star game, flew to New York to get a specialist to look at his wrist. So you can make I an mean, argument that other players would be playing here, but Giannis, historically speaking. The Bucks have been very conservative with his injuries, which they should be because they need to keep him healthy for the playoffs. But since he played 20 seconds in the All-Star game and he got hurt a couple of times last week, he's not playing in this game. 
Yeah, uh, I, I just when I see a doubtful tag, I just go ahead and say that person's out. I've never seen somebody be doubtful. Well, I'm not gonna say in, never, in the NBA. Yeah, in the not. NBA, no. and you be doubtful and end up playing. No, doubtful actually means doubtful. I think Giannis is not gonna play for the next week. I think he's gonna miss the next two or three games. But it's just based on historical, uh, just based on what I've noticed, based on how uh, Milwaukee's handled his injuries in the past. Historically, they're very conservative, and they should be. So I don't think Giannis is gonna play. If the, right. the odds of Giannis playing in my eyes in this game, like three percent. I'm like certain he's not going to play. You? I'm. Oh, I I play it at zero. I really don't think he's playing okay. at all. Yeah, I don't. I got it at zero. And if he does play, then I'm gonna feel so much better. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers going to play. The see, I was looking at Brooke Lopez double double, and I was staring at it hard. And I was four fifty. No, but he just doesn't rebound. No, he doesn't rebound. Yeah, he just doesn't rebound, and it's because he's blocking shots. Like he doesn't get the opportunity to rebound. But I wanted to get there. I really did. And I, I, I don't see Portis uh, double double up, but when it gets posted, I'll probably take it. Oh, hundred percent. We'll take Portis double double. All right. Cleveland Cavaliers are on the road to go play the Atlanta Hawks. Cavs played yesterday. Hawks are laying one after firing Nate McMillan. 227 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young is not on the injury report for personal reasons. And John Collins is out with the concussion. Did we know about that? Did we we know about that? Did he? I did not know about that. So at least going in, at least before looking at the injury report, I know that they asked him about the new coach, but I don't remember him ever getting injured. When did he get a concussion? Was this during All Star? Okay, I will. Yeah, he he entered concussion protocol Saturday and was unable to gain clearance for the All Star break. I don't remember him getting injured. When the heck did he get a concussion? I mean, he only played twenty two minutes against the Knicks, so I'm assuming that. I mean, they were also getting killed in that game. Maybe during the game? I don't know. I, gotta go back. I, gotta go back I, I don't know. Okay. Now I got to go back and watch and figure out when he got that concussion. All right. Uh, let's see here. For the Cavs, Ricky Rubio is expected to play. He did not play yesterday. So Ricky Rubio is on fresh legs for whatever that means for some people. All right. Atlanta, land one at home. We know Cleveland's the better team, but I feel like you're a big fan of the new coach angle. Are you historically a fan of the new coach angle? Normally, but I'm not going to lie. I don't even think off the top of my head I know who the new coach is. <laughs> who is the new coach? Uh, you mean temporarily until Quinn Snyder gets the job? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely Quinn Snyder's job. Like, that's 100%. Joe I, think Pr- even, I think he's even money. It's Joe Prunty. Yeah, Joe Prunty. Okay. Uh... I mean, yeah, I, yeah. The new coach angle is always a really good angle to play, especially. Uh, did you see Collins' interview when he was talking and basically saying like it was the nicest like, way of saying this guy was the wrong guy for the job? But he was yeah, really, like he was very polite with it. Yeah, like it just really. Uh, I'm like, oh, all right, like you gotta he, give Collins props though. The media training that Atlanta's running has really worked with him because that was a hell of a of a quote that he had. There. Yeah, no, politely like, saying, really I thought my coach good. was garbage. Very, very polite, but. It's like, you know, that's what he was saying. So that's what makes it hilarious. So the team actually probably does rally behind them in this game. And 
I mean, after watching last night, I don't know how you can trust the Cavs to close out a game on the road. Well, the way you could trust them is, I said before, the main flaw they had early in the season was that they can't beat elite teams. Now, Atlanta's not an elite team, so maybe they can get back on track. I am going to actually lean to Atlanta in this one. Zero percent chance any of my actual money is going in on Atlanta. But the fact (laughs) that you're looking at Cleveland on a back-to-back right after All-Star break, Atlanta Uh has the new coach angle. Terrible scheduling spot, by the way. It's an awful scheduling spot for for Cleveland. It's a horrible scheduling spot because you also have to travel to Atlanta. But you're looking at what Reggie said in the comments section. The Hawks have won three straight at home against the Cavs. They're a pretty good home team. This year, not so much, but compared to the road, they are. I'm going to take Atlanta. Give me the new coach fading a team on a back-to-back right after All-Star break. I really don't like that spot for Cleveland at all. So how much do we pencil Trey in for? 30, 40, 50? Is his shoulder still bothering him? Because you know that I pivoted more towards assists. Was his shoulder bothering him or was Nate McMillan bothering him? I actually think hmm. it was his shoulder. Because the shoot, X-Files music. His shooting numbers are horrible. You can play the X-Files numbers all you want. He's shooting like 30% from three. Like, I think it's definitely his shoulder. He can't shoot. Yeah, no, no, his X files, no, his X files. I mean, not his X files. Jesus Christ, his shooting numbers are terrible. But I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Young sucked it up for a game, got the win game after Nate McMillan's gone, and you know, I wouldn't say rally the team, but sit there and say, yeah, that kind of is a fuck you to Nate McMillan because I really at this point. It's getting talked about too much that I can't help but think that there really was some animosity there between those two. Oh, they hated each other. I mean, that's just you can read between the lines from how everything unfolded. But I do like Trey assists. The problem is Cleveland's been very good at preventing assists. But Jokic walked into a triple-double yesterday, so who knows. But I am going to lean to Atlanta, though. I feel like most people will blindly take Cleveland based on all the turmoil. But I'll back the new coach angle, and I'll fade the team on a back-to-back after All-Star break. Yeah, and I'm... I'm pretty good about fading the public, and everybody's betting Cleveland. I just don't know how. It's such know. a bad scheduling spot after all. Yeah, it's, it's, it so really bad. is. I'm I'm really – we haven't got to the rest of the slate, but I really got to see something that will make me take one of these teams that's on a back-to-back today. And no offense to Collins. I like his media training, but I'm not sold on him and his role on this team, so I'm not exactly – Well, it doesn't matter because he's not playing. <laughs> no, that's my point. My point is with him missing this game, I don't think he's a big enough impact player oh, yeah. for that to sway me. That's the point I'm trying to make. Oh, yeah, nah, nah, same. Okay, total sitting at 227.5. Uh, I think I'm going to lean to the over in this one. I don't feel great about it. Once again, this game's a complete non-action for me, but – I, I don't know. I'll lean to the uh, over, but I don't have anything strong for this game. Mm, give me Atlanta team total over. That's about it. Okay. I think that they I think that they have one of those head coaches gone. Apparently, he lost the locker room, so the locker room gather, rallies behind that and just has a really good offensive day, even against a really good defensive team against the Cavs. So, I'll Are take one with taking Mobley. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I gave out Mobley yesterday. Yeah. No, I'm not taking his rebounds. I'm straight on the rebounds. But the points, for sure. What do you have, 31 sure. yesterday? 31. 31. Like, that is, is that a career, Is that a career high? I know that sounds low for a career high, but I'm trying to think of how No, because he doesn't – they haven't – This they've only been, like, featuring him in the offense as of recently. Even his rookie year, we saw flashes, but I don't think he ever got the opportunity to score 31. So that might be a career high for him. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Moon off. Moon off always looks up these weird stuff. Okay. So, Hawks fired Lord P. Lloyd Pierce on March twenty first. On March first, two thousand twenty one. Oh wow! Like very, very close to two years to the day. On that night against the Celtics, Young scored thirty one. In the next game, he scored thirty nine. Wow! But once Trey again, Young he's is- injured. He's injured now. So I don't know if I buy into any stock. But that, that's the problem. But yeah, we'll see. He might, you know, he might have did some rehab during All Star break. He's get, he's coming off a long rest. That's why I think Trey Young is a pretty solid play. He's coming off a long rest, so even if that shoulder does bother him, he'll be good for one game. All right, appreciate that, Moon off. Let's move on to the. Oh yeah, Evan Mobley for sure. Still on Evan Mobley. Interested to see a matchup between Evan Mobley and DeAndre Hunter, but I still I'm still on Evan Mobley. I think he has the size, and I think he's. He's just featured in offense now. Like, he is featured in offense now. He's going to be getting the attempts, and the books really, really should be moving his line up. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Charlotte Hornets on the road going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves are laying six. Line open up at eight. It's down to six. 241 is the total. That's come up from 232 and a half. Injury report for these two teams and for the Charlotte Hornets, you have Kelly Oubre looking to make a return tonight. He is probable. Terry Rozier is probable. Cody Martin is out. And for the Minnesota Timberwolves, only person on the injury report is Carl Anthony Towns. He is still out. What is his timetable? Did he suffer a setback or was he supposed to miss this much time? I actually don't know. I feel like Towns was supposed to come back like a month ago. And then he's been out for like five months. I have Doesn't no it feel idea. that way? I have no idea. I actually did not look into this injury at all. I got to hit up our... Uh, I remember initially they said it was supposed to be like, I don't know, seven weeks or something. But it feels like it's been like 12 or more. I, I don't know. Whatever. It's, yeah. it's Minnesota problems. <laughs> There's nothing else to say, right? I mean, it's just Minnesota. 54% of the money, 72% of the bets. It's on Charlotte tonight. Charlotte as a popular dog is a serious problem. Like that, that's that's not good. Um it's it is six points though, which does seem like a lot to lay with Minnesota at home, but Char- Charlotte, you never know, because this team scores a bunch of points, but they don't guard anybody. So well, they're five hundred. They're five hundred on the road ATS this season. So that's kind of like being 60% for Charlotte, right? That's banner worthy for this team. Yeah, so do we just fade Minnesota some rules or Rudy Gobert or do we I can't even say that Minnesota was hot because they were they they weren't even hot going into All-Star. Yeah, I'm I'm not laying 6 with uh Minnesota. I'm I'm just not going to do it. I'll lean Charlotte. I don't feel great about it, but I'm not going to lay 6. Charlotte's really burned me as road dogs. I really feel like they burned me as road dogs. I mean, but what size does – I mean, I guess Mark Williams, Nick Rich, are they really like – what's stopping Rudy Gobert from walking out of here with 20 rebounds? Uh, Gobert himself. But Gobert should really walk into like 18 and 20 in this game. It would not surprise me. Yeah, like, I like Rudy Edwards Gobert props. has like an 18 and 20 game. How do we not be on the Timberwolves? I like Edwards props. I still think that Conley trade was horrible, and I was roasting D'Angelo Russell for a while. But Conley is absolutely cooked. He had zero points last game. Charlotte can't guard anybody. 
And now you have Edwards, who has an even bigger green light because Russell's not there to take shots anymore. His props at 30 and a half, but how does Edwards not go for like 35 in this game? He's going to have the green light of all green lights, and Charlotte has no wing defenders at all. Yeah. But, yeah. My issue is that what if this is like a 130, 125 type of game? That's that's why I mentioned the Edwards props. So I kind of switch over to props, but oh oh, you're, I, oh I I'm still I'm still trying to figure out a side. I think I'm just going to lean Charlotte. I'm not betting this game once again, but I'm not laying six with Minnesota. If I've blindly faded Minnesota with this number all season long, I've probably made a lot of money. So I think I'm just going to lean Charlotte. Yeah, I think Charlotte's I think Charlotte's shooting because I just think that this is a high scoring game and Charlotte's shooting is a lot more consistent than I think that Minnesota's is. Like when I'm. I'm Kelly Oubre coming back and coming off the bench for Charlotte is really, really big. And if he's able to have a good game, then I think Minnesota is smoked because there's no reason they're going to keep up with the offense that Charlotte does. And the only reason – well, the only reason they do keep up is the fact that they are going to be able to score whatever because Charlotte's not going to give an ounce of effort defensively. Mm. Which McDaniels is that on his team? Is this the one that just played for Charlotte? Uh, It's Jaden, I believe. So was Jayton always on Minnesota, or was Jay Lynn? Which one is which one is the one that was just playing for Charlotte? Is this a range finish game? Um, I'm looking it up. Uh, I'm trying to remember where Jayden played, but it is Jayden who is still on Minnesota. I don't think he's moved. I think he's been on the team the whole season. I think the other one got traded. Uh, no, he's been on Minnesota's whole career, so there's no revenge game of any kind. Oh no, no. So the so yeah, it was Jalen. Jalen is playing for these uh, 76ers. That yeah. is what I was thinking. It was. But I'm saying that doesn't okay. apply for this game. Yeah, one. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. All right, cool, great. Just making sure I had that right. You know, names be switching. Uh, I gotta have the gears turn and not be forgetting. I, I see All people right. in the comment section mentioning Gobert's rebound numbers against Charlotte in the past, and yeah, he's a, he's a monster on the glass against this team. Yeah, no, I really have a hard. Like, I don't understand how he doesn't walk in at 20 rebounds today. He really should. All right. Which which uh, means he won't, but he really should. Okay. Charlotte and the points. I like the over. I'm with you. So Yeah, I'm on the over. I just think that the shooting is going to be – like, they're, Charlotte's shooting is solid, and Minnesota – Charlotte's going to give Minnesota whatever they want. I think maybe yeah. as a – maybe – Maybe to save myself from Charlotte absolutely collapsing and me completely being wrong on the side is a Minnesota team total over because I truly don't think Charlotte's going to stop anything Minnesota's going to do. Like like Rudy Gobert walking in 20 points possibly is going to boost Minnesota's total up so much. So I, I'll take a Minnesota team total over and just fade the fact that Charlotte's not going to do anything defensively at all. I like both teams over for team total, but this might be a very good same game parlay option because I feel like we only like overs. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. All right, uh, prop wise, yeah, we talked about Rudy Gobert. You said Anthony Edwards. Let me. Uh... Does Mark Williams have a day? He should be able to avoid foul trouble because Gobert's never going to challenge him at the rim, but. I like Williams, but he still has that young player tendency where he really does commit a lot of really stupid fouls all the time. And I'm a bit concerned about foul trouble. Yeah. I like him, but the foul trouble is noticeable. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to Lamelo's assist. Keep it simple. Yeah, I probably would also consider Rosier threes. 
Oh yeah, he's gonna yeah he's gonna jack it up if he plays. All right, I like that. Glad we talked that out. That was confusing. It's next a lot game of was overs, late. but yeah, yeah, a lot of overs. All right, next game was late. We have the Brooklyn Nets going to play the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. Bulls opened up as a minus one point favorite. They are now favored by two. Two twenty-two and a half is the total. That's come down two points. Let's see here. Ben Simmons is questionable. I think he's out of the rotation anyway, so I don't know if it even matters. Probably doesn't. Uh, for the Bulls, you have DeMar DeRozan, not on the injury report. Alex Crusoe, not on the injury report. Derek Jones Jr., not on the injury report. Patrick Beverly should be making his debut for the Bulls today. And Goran Dragic is questionable. And if you didn't catch the news or you actually think that it is news and it's not something we knew for the past couple of months, Lonzo Ball shut down. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm still rocking with that Brooklyn Nets under. <laughs> the under the under after that trade feels really good for the Nets. That that might be one of my favorite plays today. But does Chicago have the wherewithal to be able to hold home court tonight? I think I'm going to take the Nets. Chicago <laughs> Chicago is just one of those teams that I really I can't even find a situation where I like them anymore because they can't hold the lead. We saw them blow a 20 plus point first quarter lead to the Pacers. We've we've just seen them get buried and DeRozan's kind of taken a bit of a backseat to Levine, which is weird. Like I don't know why that's happening, but Levine's been recently <laughs> doing better or at least att- attempting more shots than DeRozan, which I don't understand, but I hate the way Chicago's coached. I hate the way the roster's made up. I think I have to go with the Nets because... I need a soundboard, man. Like, I just want to play Tupac, hit him up, because you were snapping right now. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, like, keep going. I, I hate everything about this team. Like, I think I have to go with the Nets because at least this team has an identity. At least this team's going to play tough. They know who's going to take the shots on this team. Apparently, Bridges, who can score 45, but you know the Dimwitty and Bridges and Cam Johnson shooting threes, but they know their roles on the team. Chicago's in this weird spot where they have two ball-dominant guards, and now Levine has basically half-phased DeRozan out of the offense. I know DeRozan's missed some time, too, and Vucevic is doing whatever the hell he's doing for the entire game. There's just no cohesion with this team. I'm not going to take Chicago. I'm going to take the Nets, especially getting plus money. I'm not backing Chicago as a favorite anytime soon. I just hate that team. Yeah. No, I... I... (laughs) I will admit this, and it probably won't happen in off the rip. But Patrick Beverly does come on in teams and change the culture a little bit. Does he? Because the Lakers suck this year. No, the Lakers always suck. But the point is that you're saying he you changed the culture. How many teams has he it's changed Minnesota. the culture on? One? Minnesota was a pretty Minnesota is a pretty jarring. It's one team. Like, Minnesota is a pretty jarring. I mean, yeah. The Lakers just suck. Like Minnesota making the playoffs last year and him and the confidence that he helped the locker room gain in themselves, like just in themselves, you can't take that away from him. Like I'm not denying that, that he helped him. the Timberwolves out, but saying that he's a huge locker room culture guy when he changed one team in his entire career is a bit of an overreaction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, if you ask around the league, is his his achievements in locker rooms that he had been in doesn't get as much credit 
And Minnesota is really like the time where people said, oh, like you you visibly see it. But from what at least I've heard from what I've heard from players, he was he was he also actually decent actually with, with the Clippers. He was decent because he got there before Kawhi and, and uh, Paul George. He, just, and they, he they went is to somebody Warriors, but OK. All, all I'm saying is that from what I've heard from people that, you know, I have conversations with, he is a person that comes into a locker room and the atmosphere does change. So I'm not saying it's happening in this game, but just let's keep, keep a look on the Bulls for the future and let's see if he actually does help them realize something else about themselves. Because it sounds like he's like a really, really, really good guy that you want to have in the locker room. I think I think Levine's going to hate him. I, I think they're going to fight each other at some point during the season because he's going to tell Levine, you know, like just stop, like pass the damn ball or something. And Levine's not going to have it. But is Levine a bit banged up as well? Because I know his numbers have been good lately, but there are some rumors that he has been battling a bit of a leg issue recently. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, if he has it, they're hiding it and not on the injury report. But, uh, you know, he's always been a guy that's always had nagging injuries here or there, even from the Minnesota days. So yeah, it sucks. Uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It costed him about another three uh, slam dunk championships, but yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm just gonna go with the Nets here. I can't take Chicago laying points. I just don't like that team at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here with you, and it was really all on the back of the defense for me. I mean, defense travels, and we talk about how uh, we expect to see some of these teams come off of a layoff, and Chicago's. Chicago's been pretty solid defensively as well. Both of these two teams top 10 in defense over the past five games leading into the all-star break. So um, I'm I'm excited to see this one. I'm on an under here, and that's really like my play of the game. If I had to take a side, I'm with you. I'll take Nets plus two. But uh, that under is really my best bet for this game, and I'm getting down on it. I think that we're going to see a little bit more of a barn burner defensive game. And the – Try to find the Bulls, watch the Bulls try to find their offense and find their rhythm. Yes, they're going to hit a couple of shots here as well, but I don't think that they're going to be in rhythm for the duration of the night. And I am still have questions about the offense of the Nets, so I don't think that there's a situation where they come out here and put up 120 points or so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the under in this game. I'm going to go with the under as well. Props. Uh, so, so four props here. Are you leaning under at all to potentially Claxton? How much do you buy into recent form versus the entire season? Because ever since they made the trade, Claxton's kind of been an afterthought. And I'm not sure if his numbers are fully adjusted. I'm not at the point where I'm willing to take unders yet, but I'm getting there. I just need to see ne- this next week. Once I see this next week and what he does this next week, it'll let me know if I'm actually there to get to unders. But as of right now, it's just a stay away non-bit because I just don't know. I don't know. Okay. Just bringing it up. <sighs> I have to like Levine points. I mean, he he's shooting more than anybody else on the team. He had 38 against the Nets in the last meeting. I feel like I have to look for Levine points or at least Levine three-pointers. I want to... I want to go back my guy Cam Johnson tonight. I feel like he's constantly burned you, but it's a decent he, matchup. I think he got. I think we were good the last time around. I know he attempted a bunch. I'm not sure if he went over. Uh, let me see. What do you got? Like three for ten against Miami? I think it was, it was something like that. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. I like Bridges over. Yeah, one he was six for fourteen, eighteen points. He 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 cashed a points prop. Uh, 
Oh, he did. Okay. And uh, he cashed a three-point prop. And that's really what I was looking at. I really wasn't looking at points. So I was looking at three-point props because he's he's getting the attempts in the past couple in the past couple of games. Like since in the games that he's played with Brooklyn, he has eight attempts, six attempts, ten attempts. Now he's two, two, and three in those games, but uh, I, I just think that he's the person that when I think of how this offense rotates and how they swing the ball around and move the ball, that he's the person that he can find himself open in the corner and be able to hit a couple of shots. Plus I'm really, really tempted by plus one thirty <laughs> for over two and a half threes. Like that is really, good really kidding me. Yeah. So plus one thirty. I'm gonna just go back to my guy. I think that he he can be really really good on this next team, man. He just got to you know lock that lock himself down offensively. Uh, so I'll take the over two and a half threes at plus one thirty. But that's really like that's less of a handicap and more of a homer play for me because Cam Johnson is my guy. I'm a fan of the uh, Bridges over one and a half three pointers at minus one thirty. We've seen his role on this team increase, and I feel like the odds makers haven't fully adjusted to the fact that he has a bigger role mm-hmm. based on where the props are located. But I think that number is a little bit too low, so I'll go with the over one and a half threes for for uh, Bridges. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder playing the Phoenix Suns. Suns are laying seven. Was at eight and a half, down to seven. Two thirty-one is the total. Come down a little bit from two thirty-two and a half. I think this movement is all of people thinking Kevin Durant was coming back this game, and he's not actually coming back this game. He's coming back on Sunday, I believe, is the game that they said that he's looking to make a return. The keyword so, is aiming to return because yeah. you never you never know with Durant, but he's aiming to return. So we'll see, but. The, both teams are relatively healthy uh, besides Durant not playing. But in reality, I mean, how am I supposed to take the Thunder here after an overtime game? It's the same spot that we just talked about for Cleveland. Yeah, I can't. Like, I, I can't. Uh, it's just a – and maybe they kill us because they're so good when they're catching this many points on the road. But I, I just can't back teams on a back – like, you got to have something really, right really concerning. too. I mean, that's that's such a change when you go from a week off to playing two games with overtime. I think they in, forced this slate today. Like they could have this could have been really a two did. game slate. Like this could it was I think it's because it was a Friday, but this really could have been like a two game slate, two, three game slate with people. The people that didn't play yesterday, some of these teams on a back to back. This is a really, really bad spot, man. Yeah. So I, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm going to go with Phoenix in this spot. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take him. Aiton needs to have a huge game. After what Utah did to them on the boards in overtime last night, Aiton needs mm-hmm. to go for like 20 and 15. Like he needs to. OKC can't rebound. <laughs> he just needs to get his head out his ass. Like that's really what it is. I don't know. He's just like he's he's not him. He's good, but he's not him. Like if you're him – you're moving a lot different than DeAndre Ayton be moving sometimes. And I just like I'll just be watching the game and he'll be so soft. Like, and you know he's not soft. Like, you know he's not soft. You know he's a really, really good competitor. You're like, oh, I can't wait. DeAndre Ayton's gonna be good. Like, this is a really good spot for him. He's gonna be doing well, all this stuff. And then he like does nothing. Like, just nothing. He's just very lackadaisical. That's why I'm hoping that with the addition of Kevin Durant. He gets a second wind, and it's just like I'm 
back end on his team. We have something special. Let's all be really, really good. But <sighs> I'm not betting Aiden until I see it, though. I just got to see, not even see him do well in a game, just see a different demeanor on a court when I watch the game. Like, I just don't like watching his demeanor on the court. If it's not easy rebounds, he's not going up for it. All right. Total's at 231. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, actually, I, didn't I can truly say I don't know. For a prop, I'll take Chris Paulus. He's off a layoff, so I'm hoping that he'll come in with a bit of energy. Give me Chris Paulus. I think he has a good game against his former team. I'll take the under. Okay, so he just had OT last night. I'll take the under. Give me under 231. I do like Chris Paul assist angle very much so. I mean, come on. Devin Booker's at 25 and a half. If there's somebody I trust off a layoff, it's Devin Booker. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Who? I can't really argue at that point. Okay. Like, if it's anybody that I trust to score on this team off a layoff, is Devin Booker. And he's he's got to be invigorated because, one, that first half of the season was possibly worst-case scenario for him. Like, just not even – just take basketball stats out of it. That was worst-case scenario that first half of the season for Devin Booker and what he went through from getting injured to coming back on Christmas and getting injured in, what, the first three minutes of the game and being out for a month again? A month and some change, actually. I would not be surprised that after he probably did a lot of still doing rehab over the t uh, course of the All Star break. I would assume that he really was. I would not be surprised if Devin Booker goes out here and drops thirty plus on the Thunder tonight, and just a confidence revigoration game for him. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there, but I I think I am going to lean to Phoenix. I, I just think it's a terrible scheduling spot for the Thunder. Yeah. All right. There we go. Phoenix. I'm on the under. And Chris Paul assists. Devin Booker points over 25 and a half. It's about a good recap for that one. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Golden State Warriors hosting the Houston Rockets. Warriors are laying 10 and a half. 231 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have. Jalen Green is out and Kevin Porter Jr. is out. So that's why it's at 10.5. Okay, I was curious about that. Uh, for the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins is still out for personal reasons. And earlier he did say, Steve Kerr did say that he expects Klay Thompson to play during back-to-backs this season. So you can expect Klay to be playing. Uh, he doesn't have an They don't have the injury report, a fresh injury report out right now, but you can expect that Klay uh, Thompson is going to play in this game. So it looks like it's going to be a full assortment uh, minus Andrew Wiggins and, of course, Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors. With that being said, I'm not laying 10 and a half. Ah, uh, boy. I, I liked it on the overnight. The line's moved up a bit here. Jalen Green's out. I think I actually am going to pick the Warriors in this spot. I, I hate the idea of a back-to-back -back laying this many points, but Houston is actively punting. If you even saw the uh, interview with the owner who basically said, pray for Victor, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. At least no, I, he did I, it. I Scott, no, he did I, it. I'm, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure that he did. No, he, um, let me go. no, he didn't, yeah, I'm, Scott. You're lying. I, I'm not lying. I'm, I'm telling you that that happened. Uh, I, th I, th I don't remember if that was during Mardi Gras or that was like 
uh, I don't think it was Carnival, but it might have been. did it, Scott. Scott, this is crazy. (laughs) Oh, I'm not joking. He said it. He said, pray for Victor. He said it. The owner of the team said, pray for Victor. I mean, what does that say? What does that say to your locker room? What the lo- you think the lock you think he's worried about the locker room? They've lost what like 40 of their last 45. Who cares? This team's awful. Oh my gosh. The owner straight up said, pray for us. We need Victor. That's basically what he said. So no, I think Houston's gonna get buried in this game. Golden State needs every win they can get. I'm not surprised they lost to the Lakers last night, but they're at home again. Gimme Golden State. I love Shangun as a player. I think it's a horrible matchup against Golden State because they actually have different options on the interior to use against them. I'm taking Golden State. I think they bury him. I, I think they're going to win this game by 20. This is insane. Okay, so y'all know when I said it had to be like something insane for me to take the team off of back-to-back in this spot. This is insane. There is no way that you... <laughs> Golden State minus ten and a half. <laughs> I mean, I don't know two more you want me to tell you. Like, I'm, I'm going to this is fun. I'm sorry. No, this is this not funny? Am I the only person that thinks this is funny? This is hilarious. Like borderline illegal. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I I don't know what else to say there. It, it's it was I saw it and I'm like, is this out of context? Like, what was the date on this? No, he just straight up said it like during the All Star break. So I, I I don't know what to tell you. Total set at 231. And the Rockets are such a joke of an organization, man. <laughs> Two, total set at 231 and a half. What are you doing? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the over. Out of the Houston stopping anybody. The argument is, can Golden State's defense clamp down? Maybe, but I, I, don't, I don't really care. I'm just going to lean to the over. I like Golden State team total over, but I'm going to lean to the Warriors. I get that it's a bad spot, but once again, the owners said that they're tanking indirectly, publicly. He might get fined for that. Give me Golden State. That's really like, I mean, yes, yeah, Monty. I'm surprised you didn't know about that. I didn't hear about that at all. Oh my god! I want to watch the video. I wonder. I need to figure out how Noah pulls those clips up so I can pull the clip up right now and we can watch it together. Oh my gosh, this is really insane. How do you say that? Rockets are three and twelve ATS in their last fifteen games. That's like really, really bad. All right. <clears throat> uh player prop wise, anything catching your eye? I actually like the under 18 and a half for Shengun. I think that number's too high. I, I get that Porter's out and I get that Green's out, so you're assuming there's a bigger workload. For Shangun, he's played against the he's played against the Warriors five times in his career. He's done nothing. I think he's averaging eight <laughs> points against the Warriors this season in two meetings. I think Golden State's a bad matchup for him. We know Shangun can't guard anybody, and the fact that Golden State's going to constantly involve him in pick and rolls, the fact that he's going to be guarding the perimeter and running up and down the court the entire game, and the fact that the Warriors have Draymond, they have they have uh, Looney, who's been good lately. I think it's a bad spot for Shangun. And they might get blown out by 30. I think Shangun could end up in foul trouble. He just might not attempt many shots because we know he's a pretty selfless player. He's willing to get teammates involved. I think 18 and a half is too high. I'm going to look at Shangun under. Yeah. I am going to look at for propping this one. I'm going to come back and I'm going to take Jordan Poole and go with Jordan Poole over 26 and a half points. And just because of 
I think that this is less of a three-point game for Jordan Poole and more of a, I'm going to get to the rim and get myself into a rhythm and start working myself back from the all-star break, especially after that game last night. Uh, I think that he he has a lot more usage inside the paint this game. Rockets are really bad guarding inside the paint over the past few games. And I think this is kind of a, you know, one of those I feel comfortable show out game for Jordan Poole's as a, uh, a bounce back game for him. So, yeah, I like 20 over 26 and a half for Jordan Poole in this one. Yeah, uh, I think that's definitely a good look. But I am concerned about a blowout potential, so just keep yeah, an eye on it. Yeah, there is but. there is blowout potential for sure. All right, let's see here. Last game on the slate, we have the Sacramento Kings playing the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers are laying seven. That opened at seven. Holton serve at seven. Two thirty-seven and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Sacramento Kings. You're not going to really see much. They played last night. Uh, I don't think I saw anything that was uh, taking that would change the injury report from who played last night to tonight, but never be sure. And for the Clippers, you have Russell Westbrook expected to make his debut. Uh, Zubak is out with the calf injury. And Norman Powell is not on the injury report expecting to play. I just think this is a bad spot for Kings. I think it it's a, it was a very weird game, which I mentioned when we started the show, because they were getting killed early on against and the then, Portland team. Shout out and to then Portland, came back the and blew them out by, like, what, 30? Down by 20. Shout out to Portland, who uh, is in a playoff spot, and they're tanking. Shout out to them, because uh, Simon was out, <laughs> and they benched Lillard after he played an all-star weekend for an eye injury. So Portland's pretty much tanking indirectly. But they came back and won. Sabonis had a triple-double. But Portland is an auto-fade moving forward. I, I think they're actually tanking. Like, that's a serious red flag. When your star player plays an all-star weekend, it hits the game-winning shot, and you bench him for the first game post-all-star break? Like, that's, yeah, that's I, told myself, I told myself I was going to look into that today and figure out what the heck was going on with Portland. I think they're just tanking. But anyway... The Clippers have been good lately. The problem is, do I have faith in them to actually show up against a great team or a very good team? I'll, I'll call Sacramento a very good team because I think they are. I'm not picking them to win anything significant. We got to respect season, them as the three C's still. Three I think seed. they're going to fall off. Yeah, we, I'm, I expect them to fall off, but we got to still give them the respect. Of I think they'll seed. fall off too, but I'm not laying six and a half against them. I, I understand the Clippers have been good lately, but six and a half? I, I can't do that. Uh, they won by 17 against Portland yesterday. But the point is they could rest the starters for a bit of that fourth quarter. I'm going to lean to the Kings. It might come back to bite me, but I can't lay six and a half here. I think these teams are closer than the odds makers suggest. Give me the Kings plus six and a half. So I want to I want to get there on the Clippers so bad. But there's a couple of things that are jarring at me. First of all, the Clippers are giving up 44.7% in their last five games from three, and they're playing the Sacramento Kings. So very concerning in that just in itself. And that Clippers defense just hasn't like – it just hasn't been what it's been. Like we think of the Clippers, you think of great defense, a top 10 defense. They're all – it just hasn't been that. Like they're letting teams score. They're, and when you watch the games, they don't look good defensively. And then you add – role players on that bench that don't have a defensive identity either. So it just kind of seems like they're 
switching their mindset from that defensive team that they've had and that's taken them to the playoffs in the past to being more of an offensive minded team and just saying we're going to try to score a bunch of points. And I think that's the wrong way to play this Kings team. Do you want to lay six and a half with the Clippers? How many minutes? That's this the ultimate tiebreaker of what I pick is how many minutes did everybody play for the Kings last night? So uh I could read that off. They, um yeah. They played a decent amount because they were trailing, but they, yeah, they were putting up a big lead there. Uh so to go through the minutes for the Kings, uh starting off with the main guys, they really did not play many minutes at all. Uh Sabonis played 32. Okay. Barnes played 24, Murray played 25, Fox played 26, Herter played 26. So Sabonis was the only guy on the entire team Wait. to play more than 26 minutes. Darren Fox had 31 in 26 minutes? Yeah, he went 11 to 15 from the four. <laughs> so Sabonis was the only guy to play more than 27, more than 26 minutes on uh, yesterday. So, yeah, uh, I'm just going to go with the Kings plus the four. Yeah, Kings plus seven. Can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, you found a it's, seven. Yeah, sure. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seven. It's a, it, okay. I think it's a couple of six and a half, but it's mainly sevens out there. Okay. All right. 237 and a half is the total. Ten points. Ten points of movement overnight. I'm going to look at the under in this game. I mean, I don't know how I can. I'm not betting the over after 10 points of movement. Kings are on a back-to-back. The first two meetings each landed around 220. Now, the Clippers might have been missing some guys because realistically they were for most of the first half of the season, but that's, that number's too high with the Kings on a back-to-back. Like, I, I, I can't take that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean to an under. I'm hoping the Clippers' pace or lack thereof kills the game, so I'm going to go with the under. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't. I can't take that 10 point like that. That just screams you're going to lose this on closing. Like this can be a high scoring game and still be at 235, 236. Like it just screams closing line value is going to cost a lot of people in that game if you're trying to come in on over this late. So I'm really good on that. In terms of pace, last five games, we have the uh, where are we at? Where are they at? Hold on, where? What, wait, Who's playing the in this game? The Clippers in it? Okay, there we go. The Kings, yeah. Fine, yeah. All right, I couldn't find them. Uh, Kings at 14, Clippers at 17. So pretty, you know, decent in pace. Nothing really jarring there. So, yeah, I'm with you. I I think that this is a – they're still after All-Star for the Clippers. Yeah, I'm, I'm It could be the here. Wizards and – it could be the uh, Warriors-Lakers game from yesterday where you still get 235, but the total's too high. Yeah, goes under. yeah that's what I'm saying. I think it's just – too high at this point, 237 and a half. I'm not, I'm not playing it. Well, it just moved to 238. Literally, I just watched it move to 238. So I'm really good on it. You guys can have that closing line value. I'll take the under 238. All right. Before we get into our lock and dog, got to talk to you about underdog fantasy because underdog fantasy is the home for offseason nfl best ball drafts they got you covered with a bunch of tail under their a bunch of other daily games for the nba you can do props on underdog as well and nhl if that is what you're into it are the bruins still like historically one of the best teams ever they're on they're on pace for the most wins of all time yeah i i, I had them yesterday that a miracle comeback for me so they did me a solid yeah and uh they also have golf so if you're into the golf i actually just watched this netflix thing 
I heard it was golf. good. That Netflix thing. I heard it was solid. Yeah, it was solid. Like I, it kept me watching. I thought that I was gonna watch the first episode and be like, "All right, I'm good on this." Hey, I don't know why people. Well, okay, I know why people don't like the live golf, but the live golf versus PGA is very, very similar to WCW WCW versus WWF. Like very, very similar <laughs> in the messiness that's going on between there. So I, I love the messiness. I'm here for the messiness. All right. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right. Let's see here, Sky. For my lock, I'm going with the under 222.5 in the next Chicago Bulls game. Two good, two good defensive teams. Layoff after All Star. Lack of faith in the Bulls to do anything at all. This all feels really good for an under in that one. Under two twenty two and a half. For my dog, I mean, do the Clippers. Oh yeah, Russell Westbrook is on the Clippers. Come on, what? Uh, Kings plus two ten. That's my dog. It's a good. It's a good price uh, with the yep. Kings there. Uh, but all right. So for my lock, I'm gonna go with. You know what? It's tanking season. The owner's praying. <laughs> the owner's praying. I'm rooting for him. I'm. I'm wondering if I should take Warriors first half or full game here because they have been horrible late in games, but. I think I'm going to go with Golden State minus the 10 or 10 and a half. I understand that normally it's a terrible scheduling spot, and I like the better overnight at around nine. But Houston without Jalen Green, without Porter, I said before, I think Shangun is in for a bad matchup because Golden State's going to make his life miserable on pick and roll defense. And all, and even just with defense of their own with Draymond and with Looney, I think it's a bad matchup for the Rockets. But they're get, they were getting murdered before the break. They played once at home this season, and the Warriors won by 19. Give me Golden State minus the 10 or 10 and a half. I know it's going to scare people off because they're on a back-to-back, but I think it's a very nice get-right spot after losing to the Lakers last night. Houston's 5-25 and 25 on the road. Yeah, give me Golden State minus the uh, 10 or 10 and a half as my lock. And for my dog, you know what? I'm going to go back to that Nets and Bulls game. Give me the Nets money line. I just think that Chicago right now is a team that shouldn't be laying points. I don't trust them to maintain leads. They lost six straight entering the break. The Nets were kind of hit or miss, but the teams they lost to were good. They were shorthanded a loss to the Suns. They lost to the Sixers in a close game. They lost to the Knicks. Three playoff teams, so, you know, no shame in that. But they beat Miami last time out. Give me the Nets' money line at plus 110 or so. I just don't want to lay points with Chicago. Until I see them get back on track, I'll keep fading them. Give me the Nets money one. All right. Let's see here. I just pray for Victor. Sounds like that he's like, <laughs> like he's, like he has a terminal illness or something. <laughs> so, so at what point? Which game of the season is it? Game like seventy or home game number thirty-five? When the first five thousand fans that show up get pray for Victor T-shirts. Is that in the cards? Just waiting yeah. for them at their seat? Yeah. Yeah. So you get, then you have like a few, because then they can keep 
bringing the yeah. shirts back. Like you give oh, them they're to gonna trade ticket holders. They, they can sell a lot of merch with that. Wow, man. Have they? Well, I don't think they've gotten. They haven't gotten first overall pick in a while. They had no. three and two. So yeah. hey, they haven't, gotten, they haven't gotten one. But I don't think the last time they got one. Yao. I feel like can't think of anybody else that yeah, is. Yao was the first pick, right? Maybe. I think Yao yeah, was the first pick. Let's see here. It's 2002. He was the first pick. So I'm pretty yeah. sure they have not yeah. had the first pick since 2002. Yeah, because who would it be? Who would that other person be? No, it wouldn't be anybody. That's no, the point. It's nobody. Yeah, it's nobody. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, since 2002. All right. I guess they're due, but I don't think they're going to get it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's already written in the NBA script that he's going to be a San Antonio Spur. Like that is the that like international players go to the Spurs to reinvigorate San Antonio. Like that's there's one chaotic result that I'm rooting for, which is not going to happen. But I hope he goes to the Pelicans with the Lakers pick. Oh my gosh! Just saying. <laughs> that, that, that would make would, that's actually the forever. yeah that's actually the messiness that I, that I could go for. So all right, I believe it. All right, anything else for people before we get up out of here? Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. Uh, besides that, I'm going to be doing a tennis podcast later tonight and again on Saturday. So keep an eye on that. And besides that, nothing else to really talk about. Uh, just good luck to all your you and your bets. Have a nice weekend. Let's make some money. Athletes Unlimited is playing again today. Some great. I was on the wrong side of those games yesterday, but those games were great. Like I was there. I was there. I was almost there. I didn't think did, I was. Did you end up losing the overtime game, or you won the overtime? Yeah, I did. I lost. Okay. I lost. Oh my god, man! If because I just wish Nalisa Smith had passed to Kelsey Mitchell and, and just gave her an open look. Like if she missed the open look, I would have felt a lot better than losing that on. Uh, on a contested three by Nalisa Smith. I would have felt a lot better about losing that bet if it was an open look on Kelsey Mitchell that didn't fall. So mm. really sick about that one. But man, I was I was there. Those were some really good competitive games, man. So uh, back on it away. today. Um, yeah, we're almost there. Idea. We're almost there. And so let's see here. What's the lines looking like today? I already had it in my mind that I'm taking. See, Team Cole is an underdog today. They made Team Sims a favorite. But I didn't like anything defensively they did. Like, and I didn't even like their offensive. Like, they were really good offensively for like the first quarter and the fourth quarter. In between that, it was just kind of, you know, one on five basketball a little bit. And I didn't really like that from Team Sims, that consistency. So uh, I'm I'm rocking with Team Cole, catching two and a half today. And I think that's the only play that I want to give out. I just want to see how that goes. And if that goes well, then I'll probably roll that over into the next game. Because the two best teams that I think are Team Cole and Team Clout, even though they had a kind of a slower, uh, a lower uh, scoring game in their game, I think that they both played well, really well defensively, and their offense looked pretty good. So I think the two best teams this first week is actually Team Cole and Team Cloud. But Team Williams and Team Sims' game was just so good and so high scoring that that's probably why they're a favorite. So I think I'm on the dogs today, but we'll see how it goes. You know, it's a learning process. This is the first time I'm doing this. By the way, according to Woj uh, two minutes ago, he stated that according to his sources, Quinn Snyder and the Hawks are progressing in talks on a deal that would make him the next head coach. Resolution could come within a couple of days. Wait, so does like 
does that happen and he walks into the team right now? Or does that mean that like they know who they're He's not coach coaching a night, but he'll probably coach within the next week. But Wait, like, so he's gonna like walk in and coach in the middle of the season? Yeah. What's the last time we've seen that? What's the point of hiring him if he's not going to I mean, they're still competing for a playing spot. I don't know why they would hire him just to not use him for the last two months. But when's the last time we've seen a coach come in from the outside into the organization? And I mean, well, yeah, they're not competing for this, but still, what, like, was McMillan in the organization? Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was, was coaching right behind. He was yeah, he was coaching right behind uh, Pierce. I don't think I. When is the last time we've seen a coach just walk in off the street and join a team mid-season? I'm not sure, but I actually bet a prop on it uh, about two minutes ago. I found a book that still had it up, and Snyder was even money to be the next head coach. The max bet was ten bucks. This is what we're doing in 2023. But <laughs> I took it. I took it. It was ten bucks. I'm gonna take it. But I mean, he he's basically going to be the next head coach. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> max bet a max bet of ten bucks. That's hilarious. No respect. But <laughs> whatever. All right. If you haven't already, make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, all of that. Uh, make sure you follow us. Follow at Rachel Radio at really real underscore underscore at SGP NBA. And I really, you know, don't have anything much. Just enjoy the games. Be go really soft with the units this first week after All Star. Still trying to see exactly where a lot of these teams are at. So, you know, maybe half your regular unit size or anything like that. I've definitely increased my units because I've also added in athletes unlimited to my betting. So I've definitely decreased my unit size just to get a feel. And then I'll start firing away on full unit bets uh, in about another week or so. So uh, bet responsibly, all the other stuff. Really don't have anything else to say, nothing else to do, no other way of ending the podcast. But I'm going to end it like this. We are out of here. Ba-da-ba-da-da, basketball.